We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Week 1 is here, but what do you need to know to set the perfect lineup to make sure you get off to a winning start this week? That is what we are talking about today on Rotoviz Overtime. We're going to talk about start-set decisions, how to put the right players into your starting lineup, and what we're looking through, both in our FFPC main event draft, which is a high-stakes format, and also our $250 Dynasty draft in the Rotoviz Triflex format over at the FFPC. So lots of stuff, and we're going to round it out then into kind of bigger picture what other people may be expecting to happen in their league, Sean. But it is week one, and it is amazing that it is here. We are going to have a show that's going to drop on Saturday that will be our bold predictions for the season. So that one is coming up. But the thing I keep forgetting to mention at the start of these shows is the intro. So we have our intro. We talk about, you know, our favorite players from every season have been kind of on the intro. The current list is Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow connecting. We have DJ Moore. We have Jonathan Taylor. We have Stefan Diggs. And we love JT. We love Diggs. We love DJ Moore as well. But they aren't really in that pool of players that we are all in on in 2023 and that may be incorrect but we are looking for suggestions for who the players for 2023 entering 2024 should be we've uh, sean feels like you know it's a there's no need for anyone to vote sam howell i think has already made it and he has been pitched to me numerous times and that is mainly the reason i keep trying to remember to take this up at the start of the show is because somebody will say when are you putting sam howell in the intro music so intro music coming up we need those suggestions. Send them my way on Twitter at Overtime Ireland or email them across at rotovizradio at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to seeing who has a big highlight play, Sean, this Sunday from the players we have drafted that gets that automatic selection to get in. Any any suggestions of who that may be? I have a feeling we're going to see a... It's going to be Howell to Dotson. I think that's what we're going to see. Howell to Dotson multiple times. We get a 25-yard touchdown and a 60-yard touchdown. Are we going to... Uh, is it going to... Like, can we... We can't just make like a montage of touchdowns for the two of them, can we? Is that going to be the entire intro music? Yeah, it, it's kind of one of these situations where we, you look at week one, and this has been a little bit of the debate with the Philadelphia Eagles from a full season perspective, where one of the big pro cases, and Ming Song made it on Rotoviz 
just a few days ago is that the Eagles are going to be in tighter games this year. They're going to be in battles that'll keep them attacking late into the fourth quarter, and you'll just get more total volume to the stars. Now, the flip side of that is that if they're playing some of these better defenses, they may not have the ridiculous first half efficiency. And so you think about some of those big games from AJ Brown, where, I mean, he's put up, you know, two weeks worth of fantasy points in two quarters. And, you know, you take that away. It's like, where's the balance? And, and obviously there are pros and cons in any in individual game and in the individual stretch. My fear for the commanders, as we look at week one, is that the Arizona Cardinals will be so poor that Washington doesn't really let it all hang out because they don't need to. And they're trying to make sure that they're not really a rookie quarterback, obviously second year quarterback, but quarterback making his second career start is really protected from the perspective of what he's asked to do. And in some ways, I think that's unfortunate. I, I'd love to see him in a game where he needs to actually go out there and play and play well to win. It's an NFL football game. And so some of these things that we're thinking about the Arizona Cardinals may not turn out to be completely true. And yet I'd be hard pressed to think of a team in recent memory that looks as bad as the Cardinals look right now. When you are making a trade down the stretch of the preseason for someone who has never done anything in order to be your starting quarterback and the rest of your team is just not good also. <laughs> when you are like flagrantly tanking for next season's picks, I mean, this could be a game that regardless of how well Sam Howell plays is 21 nothing, you know, 10 minutes in. And then are we going to see Howell to Dotson? Is that going to be a big part of what happens the rest well, of the way? Well, what I kind of heard there from that is that this year Sam Howell is going to be Jalen Hurts and Dotson is going to be A.J. Brown. Is that what you were trying to tell us? Certainly, certainly. Just mark that down. Don't even worry about it. It's locked in. We're making our bold predictions later later in the week, Sean. You don't have to give them all away on today's show. But let's talk about starts, sets, and, and how more so to make those decisions because we have drafted players all season long. We've talked about who we want on the rosters. And the main fact for ourselves is that we're looking at certain profiles of players, generally players in their first, second, or third year who are looking to take that step forward and ascend that can be maybe a little easier for people when they draft. Maybe they're listening to these shows and they're picking up some of the second-year players. And let's say that second-year player is a Garrett Wilson. That's a pretty easy decision. Chris Olave, pretty easy decision. But you start to get in, particularly when we talk about rookies or even the second-year quarterbacks. So we've talked a lot about Sam Howell. We mentioned him there again. You mentioned possible game state scenarios that could be tricky this season. You also have the likes of a Kenny Pickett, for example, Desmond Ritter, players who maybe have showing in the rookie year that they had a good season last year was a bit of a train wreck for Kyle Pitts in terms of putting up fantasy points we see offenses that maybe weren't as good last year but maybe we'll take a step forward and people are maybe not as relaxed or making those decisions at their ease that they may be when we get a couple of weeks into the season because a lot of the times the players we're targeting are going to get stronger as the year goes on particularly the rookies and it can take a little bit of time for those guys to bet in then you have the zero RB side of things where roles aren't completely set entering week one, but you may have somebody that you took in the first four to five rounds, like a Brees Hall or a Mandry Stevenson, who now has a veteran behind them. How does that work out? Talk at the moment of the likes of Zeke Elliott potentially getting the goal line work for the Patriots. 
people get spooked in, in certain situations. So we're going to talk through all of that. But the first thing I'm going to mention, Sean, more so than anything, it's not actually the players that we drafted or the decisions to make it. It is the injury news entering NFL week one. Do you remember a week one quite as much as this where there's, you know, soft tissue injuries going in? There's all different sorts of things going on. But, you know, I had a look earlier at the injury reports and there's a lot of names on injury reports this week, which it feels like more like week six, week seven than it does week one where if the players are banged up this early, does it feel a little bit unusual in, in week one here with so many people banged up? It does. And it's been really frustrating, right? You look at our off-season picks and almost universally these guys were big risers throughout draft season so if you were on them early you got adp value if you were on them more recently then you could have more comfort and confidence that the thesis was correct or at least as correct as it can be before we actually have any information from games the flip side of that is that a lot of those guys have dealt with some injuries. And I'm looking at a Fantasy Pros team that I drafted just last night. And it has Kenneth Walker in the fourth round where you know his ADP now, the 4-5 turn, I think he would be quite a bit more expensive in FFPC if not for the training camp injury that kept him off the field for a long stretch and let Charbonnet show a few things about what he can do and also just you know, be there, which is important for coaches. Then in round six, seven, and eight, draft Jerry, Judy, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, and Traylon Burks. All of those guys only available at those prices because their availability and certainly then their snap count and their performance level in week one is very much in question. And those guys also taken major changes over even the last two weeks where the jerry judy news seemed like it could be a very long-term thing now there's talk that he you know may even suit up in week one you mentioned as well jsn looked like four to six weeks out <laughs> back back in practice so there seems to be even with those adps going down maybe a little bit of fortune for people like us who did draft them even at those adps that they seem to be back that little bit sooner and Another part to mention on that that I think you were kind of hinting at there, there's some of these players, even like a Kenneth Walker coming back from injuries from last season, but Brees Hall, there's a lot of players who aren't picking up injuries over the last couple of weeks and they have had a good prognosis over the last, let's say, month, but there's still question marks around how much they will be involved in week one. And this is on a little bit different track, but one of the things about these drafts in the last week where you have Travis Kelsey, where do you select him? You have Cooper Cup, where do you select him? And it may seem a little contradictory, but my reasoning for passing on those guys in the first couple of rounds is number one, then in the first couple of rounds, you should have, and I think we do have some truly elite choices. And then as we move into say round four through 10, I really want to attack some of these injury discounts and it becomes more difficult to do that if you've already put some injured players on your roster for the first couple of rounds. So that's how I kind of see the top couple of rounds versus the rest of the draft, but you can still end up pretty loaded with players who have 
you know, different types of NICs. So we go through and we look at that and we think about how this is worked out compared to previous seasons. And at, on the one hand, I think that the NFL is behind other sports in terms of training, in terms of the science that they're bringing to the table. And yet, I certainly don't think that they're ignoring these things. And from what little I've chatted with people inside the NFL, and I don't have a lot of connections or anything like that. That's definitely not one of the things that you know we're <laughs> relying on. But I do get the impression that there is sort of a lack of actionable knowledge about how to prevent some of these things. You go too far in one direction and the player is not trained up and ready to go. You go too far in the other and, you know, maybe you've actually, and I think one of the things that we get with all of these soft tissue injuries is frustration because as a fan, you're thinking, well, the player is not taking the proper precautions all the way through the off season. They're not ready for the off season workouts. They're not ready for training camp. They're not hydrating properly. They're not stretching properly. They're not sleeping properly. And I'm certain that there are some instances where that is true. And yet for a lot of these guys, one of the things that you hear from them is true frustration where it does seem to be backed up by things that their teammates, the team, all of those different sources are saying where they actually spent the entire offseason training specifically to prevent this. And it still didn't end up being preventable. So I mean, you've got lots of elements there. But as you continue to get these athletes being bigger and faster in order to compete with each other and you think about. Well, in Major League Baseball right now, the big story is all the pitchers throw incredibly hard. It makes it tough for the hitters to put the ball in play, which obviously fans want. So that's frustrating. But then also all the pitchers get hurt because they're throwing so hard. That's frustrating. And yet your only option would be to like not be as dynamic a player, which also won't work. And so you think about all these guys. You think about Tyreek Hill. You think about Jalen Waddell the frustrations with them constantly coming out of games with tiny little nicks and pulls and that sort of things like, well, I mean, do you want to be not as fast as Tyreek Hill? Do you want to be not as fast as Jalen Waddle? Do you want to be not as dynamic when you're out there? I mean, obviously not. And so just the push and pull is so difficult. It, it's, it's frustrating because as fantasy managers, I mean, we're putting so much emotion into this. And I think that sometimes you get this disdain from like the actual NFL people who are like, this is our lives. You know, you guys are just playing a game. We don't care about what's going on for you. And you can understand that too, right? I mean, it is their lives. They are putting even more time into it. But the sheer number of people playing fantasy football is much larger than the sheer number of people playing actual football. And so the repercussions there and the group dynamic, the overall psych value of the whole thing, and the fantasy part matters. And so it, it has been frustrating. And yet we work back through to how we're going to play week one. And ideally, we've drafted in such a way that we have depth and that these injured players are not week one decisions. And Colin, that again kind of takes me back to the draft I did last night where it was a fantasy pros draft. You have a million dollars for the winner. You are trying to select the perfect team. And so in that draft, when it came back in round three and T Higgins had gone off of the 303, and we've talked a lot about how really the wide receivers from T Higgins all the way down into the beginning of round five is an extremely weak group. So 
you can then reach for the running backs. But in this particular draft, it was interesting because Ramondre Stevenson and Jameer Gibbs went at the two, three turn. So those guys who, especially Stevenson, who's been a three, four turn player, you don't even have access to at three Oh four. I went ahead and took Patrick Mahomes to give myself that elite QB option in this particular format, in this particular instance. And yet, because you have the QB in round three, as opposed to being able to play some matchups with guys you drafted in 11, 12, 14, what have you, that team does have more difficult starting lineup decisions now because you do become one spot weaker when we think of the six starters than in a lot of leagues. And I think even in a lot of home leagues, listeners are going to be dealing with a situation where you have to find six guys between running back and wide receiver to start in week one. If you've also taken the plunge on some of these injured players, as I did, then your week one starts at decisions become interesting. One of my absolute favorite things in the entire world is attending a live event. The atmosphere, the sound, all the little intricate details you can see when you're there live in person. It is just an amazing time. One of the biggest downsides though of it can be the stress and trying to find tickets before the event to make sure you get the best seats and that is where game time comes in. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have game time is the place to get those last minute ticket deals and it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason exclusive flash deals on all the events coming up and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set and you can snag tickets today without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account in Use the code RotoViz for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code RotoViz for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we also have a number of teams together and separately that we would have players like uh, Jamison Williams on, who is obviously suspended. We're kind of trying to stash him through the start of the season. But Jerry Judy is on a lot of those teams. Somebody, Sean, and it's the last round in a lot of these leagues, but we've been pretty much adding Wendell Robinson to every single team. But players like that, we're going to have to wait and see 
on Sunday morning what the injury reports are and then that's how you'll make the kind of injury start set decisions from that side of things but a couple of things here that we have as bullet points Sean and I'm going to let you go with which one of these you want to go first one is the matchup factor how, how much do you maybe we'll just go with that one how much do you focus on the matchups you mentioned a kind of scenario at the start where we talked about the commanders versus the cardinals and the possibility and, and things happen every week where we think it's going to be maybe a closer game and it goes a completely different direction but it does feel like that game may go heavily in the, the direction of the, the commanders how much does matchups come into it for you you mentioned a few times when we've drafted with the quarterbacks you know having different matchups to play there and also having different looks at different quarterbacks to see who breaks out but how much is that coming in for you on a a weekly basis and and particularly here in week one so in week one and again you're hoping that you do have like the six healthy guys and the six guys you drafted early you have such a gap in most cases between your stars slash starters and the backups the matchups aren't going to come into play in a huge way so when we look at those guys who were drafted in the first five or six rounds, we're talking about an advantage in likely volume and a likely talent advantage, at least in terms of how that's going to manifest early. Now, as we've stashed a bunch of high upside players, we do like the talent and how that's going to eventually turn into points for the lineups. But early on, you have that combination of volume, talent, experience, what have you, that makes those guys pretty clear starters in most environments the quarterback position i think is a little bit different and and pretty interesting so if you have gone with a qb committee then right away from week one you're looking for that matchup where is this game going to shoot out and if everything is set up for that to happen you want the qb in that game so if you drafted someone in round 14 who has a great week one matchup you can sit the guy that you drafted in round 10 the gaps there between those players pretty minimal you want to go with the upside play you think about some of the guys who might sit in week one kenny pickett for example somebody that we really really like and a game that could i think be more dynamic than people are thinking on both sides of the ball you've got a lot of excellent offensive players but on both sides of the ball you've got a lot of excellent defensive players too so that game could end up being much more high scoring than people think or it could end up being not a clunker but sort of a defensive slugfest especially when you consider some of the 49ers players who were either questionable for the game, maybe held out for most of the preseason, all of that type of dynamic. And we could get Super Bowl version of the 49ers. We could get this version that's gotten off to some slow starts. If you have a quarterback who is poised to blow up in week one instead, you're going to go that route. The other thing I would just mention here is that if you do get in a situation where you have some guys who are close, we've got lots of great matchup tools on the sites we have the strength of schedule streamer we have the matchups tab on the nfl player stats page so you can go in and see what the defense looks like what the game environment looks like you can look at how individual betting lines have led to certain performances for the player sort of a wealth of information on that page for you we have the game level similarity projections which give you a sense of how similar players have performed against similar defenses and again it's a range of outcomes type of tool so you don't want to take the one number and say okay this is the outcome i'm going to get especially in week one obviously that would be a little bit silly but it gives you a a feel for how 
these matches have done in the past. So there are a lot of different ways that you can look at that. Dave Cabin's going to have a, a wide receiver cornerback matchup article out, I believe, either Friday or Saturday. And that article will use information from his new, not necessarily new, he had it on the site last year, but upgraded wide receiver cornerback matchup tool. So a lot of things that you can go to at rotoviz.com if you're looking for different ways to look at it. One of the things that I like about our tools is it gives you some different angles, some different windows, as opposed to taking like one data point and saying, well, this is how the guy projects in this game. I think you can really lead yourself astray with that. When you're thinking about start set decisions, you want to think about ranges of outcome in terms of how it manifests and how that matters for an individual player, but also how it matters within the context of your specific team. So our tools will allow you to look at that in a variety of ways and get a more well-rounded view of it. Colin, you always do a great job with this, but if anybody is wanting to subscribe this week, the coupon code there to save you 10% is RV Radio 2023. Colin, rookies versus vets. We obviously believe in the rookies from a full season perspective, but part of our draft plan as well is to create a team that dominates the bye weeks. We're not into the bye weeks yet. We're in week one. We're hoping that we're going to get some blow-up performances from rookies so that we're confident starting them pretty early, maybe week two already, maybe week three, and yet we're probably not leaning too heavily on them in week one. What are you seeing here both from our teams and a more global perspective? I think the certain rookies you can be pretty confident in playing and I'll to be honest, the rookie that I'm talking about here is Sam Laporta. And again, that might not work out, but with the way that team has kind of been set up around him and with one of the other rookie, or second-year players now, Jamison Williams, not, not being available, I think he's set up to have an instant role. Then we look into the other tight ends and there's more question marks around how they will have that impact straight away. So a lot of people probably will have other options if they have drafted one of them rookies. And that's where the rookies versus the veterans part comes in. So you may have a veteran tight end that you may feel more comfortable, even if you potentially drafted him after, let's say, a Sam Laporta in your draft. And that's where some of these decision points will come in. When we talk about rookies then as well, we, we touched on already, Sean, but we are going to have to wait in the injury reports. The likes of a, a JSN is somebody who, even this week with the injury, it may make sense to set it out for one week and, you know, in terms of starting them in your lineup but a lot of the rookies that we're kind of waiting to see the likes of marvin mims let's see if justin ross makes an impact this will be going out after thursday night football but obviously the chiefs playing on thursday night football but people may be very uncomfortable with putting those players into their lineup if that is the way that it goes one of the players i think sean that is a real decision point this week for us and for a lot of people i think that are drafting following some of the players we're talking about i think is quentin johnson he feels like the one that i'm confident to start but i also will go in with open eyes that there is concerns with how that usage may be in week one there's been obviously the mixed reports in camp from the glorious to maybe the little bit you know temper expectations but he's somebody that we may be lining up in that dynasty league that i mentioned at the start of the show I think a lot of people, if they do have Quentin Johnson and let's say maybe even a Rondell Moore, that's a decision point we may have in that exact league. So our lineup for that team at the moment, we may change this around before it starts, but one of our flex positions is Quentin Johnson. Rondell Moore is on the, the bench. 
then we have Justin Ross and Jamison Williams as other potential options. But we do have the lineup filled pretty much with wide receivers at the moment. That is one, Sean, you know, Rondell Moore projected in terms of projected points to get more points than Quentin Johnson. And that probably feels like a good way to look at this conversation. And that side there, we talked about the Cardinals side of things on the offense. I'm leaning towards a Quentin Johnson play there, even with the lower projected points because of the potential upside. Are you, this is one we're going to have to talk to ourselves. Are you leaning more to the veteran side and a Rondell Moore? Well, I think that one of the things that we can do here that will be a lot of fun and give us the best lineup. And again, is the idea that we're going for certainly with a perpetual reloaded dynasty team. And so if we think about dynasty for a second, you've given yourself so many options that even when your team ends up being very youthful, there are different directions that you can go with it. So in this particular case, I think that one of these flex spots will end up being Evan Ingram with the tight end premium. So he'll jump up in there. And then one of the other flex spots will end up being Raheem Mostert, who now projects to a pretty significant workload with Jeff Wilson going to IR and A-Chain probably not being ready to be fully unleashed right at the beginning to the point where, you know, Salvin Ahmed may be the other guy who actually factors into that game. If that's the case, then, I mean, you can easily see a 20-point outcome from Raheem Mostert. That will allow us to put Jerry Judy on the bench and not have to worry about his week one role. That will allow us to put Quentin Johnston on the bench and not have to worry about his week one role. The overall depth there allows us to play the matchups and other names that we could also put in would be a Sam Laporta, would be an Antonio Gibson. We're a little bit skeptical maybe of Gibson, and yet he's someone who also gives you outs on this team. One of the great things about this roster is that we currently have the five wide receivers in there, three wide receivers start, two additional flexes. So it's a deep starting lineup format. One of the things that we love about it, and yet those two flexes give us a lot of well flexibility and as a result of that we can work the team through sam laporta is also on that roster you just mentioned him as being a good week one starter and again with the tight end premium he would also work his way in so it's great to have depth to where you don't have to push these guys early and colin as i'm thinking about this we have a lot of jsn we have judy on this particular team our main event team does have the jsn decision point for me i mean i would really like these guys to have one more week and so if we got the news sunday morning that they were being held out i mean on the one side of it that would give you a little bit of an insight into maybe they're not quite as far along as the team has somewhat been suggesting so that might be a negative but man if they could just get through week one without re-injury if they could get through week one and be ready to really go out there in week two and light the world on fire, that would be my preference. In a situation where you can't really start the guy confidently anyway, anytime I'm in that environment, I always just want the player held out to get healthier. It does get more difficult when you're into the bye weeks and you have a bunch of guys who just you know aren't available that week. Then there are some situations where you're like, please play, please play. We go out here in week one, I'd love to see some of these guys sit. Yeah, and the other part, the main event is probably a good example of what I mentioned in terms of the young players. So we're fortunate in that we have St. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Branton Ayuk as starting wide receivers, uh, Travis Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson, and, and Javante Williams as running backs and flex options. 
but our option shot on the bench at the wide receiver position there and at the tight end position if we run through it is justin ross wendell robinson zay flowers marvin mims rishi rice jsn trey mcbride michael mayer so i should have trey mcbride there it's all first or second year players pretty much so again if we didn't have those options at the top it would be a case of weighing up the pros and cons of the rookies and, and zay flowers probably fits into that as well um, where people may be wanting to see but people may not have built their roster sean in the same way and that would lead to not having the options to add in those you know i guess we'll say veterans but players in the first kind of five six rounds that are, are filling your roster in week one moving in sean though to the zero rb running back by committee conversation we talked about you know both of these guys been injured but working back and not fully knowing how the team's going to play and how the role is going to develop mentioned the patriots and the jets you know, we even have you know Javante Williams we mentioned a moment ago with P Ryan how does that all factor in with Russell Wilson in this offense with Sean Payton there there's a lot of running backs around the NFL that there's a lot of kind of question marks heading into week one as to what the full role will be and we won't know that until the, the game plays out this week but we have talked a lot this year about those particular players the likes of an ETN Stevenson Williams being in the old-fashioned running back dead zone but feel like players who should be going in the first two rounds and that gives us the opportunity this year in a lot of our rosters to be starting those guys in week one but there will be some other rosters where we're trying to rely on those zero rb candidates the likes of a deandre swift for example to bring us those points right away jalen warren might be something that somebody is looking to roster as one of the starting running backs in week one how should people be going about those particular decisions and week one again for you for the guys like a Brees hall stevenson edn they're automatic starters for me there's no real question marks we'll let the week play out and see how it how it goes i have no concerns with those guys but it really gets into hero rb zero rb builds with who that second guy on the roster is and i'm 100 percent with you that if you've drafted a running back in the first six rounds He's a starter in week one, unless you've drafted such a way that you have so much depth that you can actually take a peek at some of these guys, which that's possible in 2023. Ben and I drafted a couple of teams with four running backs early and yet still were able to get excellent wide receiver depth as well to where even if you've got to start six between those two groups, you could bench one of your early running backs. In that case, you might choose to see on someone like a Javante Williams. But the most recent news that I have seen before recording this show, and this is one of these things that as we do these pieces kind of leading up to the season and certainly in season, the news can change very quickly. So make sure you're sort of following along whatever your favorite resource is there. But the most recent thing I've seen suggests that Javante Williams is going to be very involved early, suggests that Dalvin Cook, who hasn't really been healthy, and that's one of the things I think has been maybe strange about where Brees Hall has been going in drafts, is that this guy who's going to take a lot of the work uh, as his backup or you know maybe as the starter is not a clear, clean bill of health either. And so that part has been interesting, but they are now saying that Cook is, is good to go. And so I think if you spent the pick to get him, you're probably plugging him right in there. One of the things that's been interesting about how this year has developed for zero RB managers is that you could go zero RB and not even really have difficult choices in week one. 
if you drafted a Brian Robinson, you're just going to plug him into your lineup. If you drafted a Raheem Mostert, a Khalil Herbert, you're just going to plug those guys right into your lineup. I think if you drafted a Jerry McKinnon, you probably are doing that same thing. And yet the Chiefs have executed a plan over the last several years where they sort of hold him out for late season Heroics. opportunities. Right. So we kind of look through that and I think it's really hard to have put yourself into a situation where you don't have good week one starting options. I mean, you think about if you drafted a DeAndre Swift in round eight, for example, I mean, you're going to plug him in. Now, is that guaranteed to work? It's not because we really have no idea how the Eagles are going to deploy this. But I think that you can start him. You can probably start Kenneth Gainwell in week one. And then even as we go down below some of these guys, if you took the approach that we don't necessarily care for from a talent perspective and is a little bit of a boring approach, but if you drafted Jamal Williams, which in the last week became a very clear cut type of selection, then you can put him directly in for week one. So you've got guys who aren't even going to cause you problems for the week one starting lineup really all the way through, you know, round 10, 11. I think that 2023 is going to be the least stressful starting lineup decision environment for zero RB managers ever. Let's go. That's what everyone wants to hear. We're just, if we could just get everyone to stay healthy now, Sean, it would be be pretty smooth sailing, but we are about to close up this episode of road of his overtime. I mentioned we'll be back with the bull predictions before Sunday's action. They will drop on Saturday. So make sure you are subscribed to the road of his overtime podcast feed to get those once they are available. Sean, any final lineup advice as we close up here? I would think just don't outsmart yourself in week one. If you do have some tricky decisions, go with what your gut tells you, what your what your heart tells you. Go with the pick that if you're wrong, you won't spend the week second guessing yourself. Yeah, you you don't want to take it. some, yeah. I mean, you don't want to take some crazy play where you develop a thesis, and maybe the thesis makes sense, but it's kind of a narrow path to achieving the objective. I think especially in week one, we want to be a little careful of that. Start your guys. Enjoy week one. Win or lose, you want to be going with with your folks. And we just drafted. So you should have your guys and your team. You should feel comfortable and confident and excited for the first week. And Colin, we just want to say good luck. Everybody get off to a one and no start. Yeah, good luck to all the listeners, the OT community. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening. Go get that win in week one. And let's get off to a flying start for 2023 nfl season my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over and my co-host as always is sean siegel check out all of sean's work on rotaviz.com and until we are back have a good one thank you for listening to overtime and rotaviz radio please rate and review the rotaviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotaviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotaviz with a discount through the rotaviz radio homepage rotaviz.com forward slash podcast when you need 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.